actually want to talk about Simon of Cyrene. Has anyone ever heard of a guy in the scriptures called Simon of Cyrene? Most of you probably haven't heard of him. In fact, there's only one sentence in the scripture that actually refers to this guy called Simon of Cyrene. Now, let me give you some context of what we're talking about when it comes to Easter, because if you don't really know what Easter is about, you need to know that we as Christians believe that we have sinned against God. Our own choices, our own uh, attitudes, our own pride, our own sins. We have decided to go our own way and we decided not to do things God's way. And I, and, and, and I think we all know, yep, I've probably done that. I've, done, I've decided to do things my own way and not do things God's way. I've tried to be a good person, but I've not necessarily succeeded at that. Well, God can't just go, oh, you know what? Let's just forget about it. It's no big deal. Just keep doing whatever the heck you want, but come into eternity with me. If he did that, he would bring, be bringing sin into his presence. He'd be bringing chaos into his presence. And so his son said, you know what? I'm willing to pay the price for them. Don't reject them. Don't, put their, don't, don't, don't pay a price. Don't, don't let them have to pay the price for themselves, for their own sins. I'm a perfect person. Let me die in their place. And so that's why we believe that Jesus died on the cross in our place so that we might have a relationship with the Father. The good news, as many of you know, is that the power of sin and death could not hold Jesus down and he raised from the dead. But as he was going to the cross, Jesus carried so many burdens for us. And I believe that we as Christians have often forgotten what the burden of the cross is all about. And so today I want to kind of give you a quick overview of the burdens that Jesus specifically carried for us. And then I want to talk about Simon of Cyrene and how he plays into this story. Here is a bunch of burdens that Jesus carried for us as he was going to the cross. Firstly, he was betrayed, betrayed by his closest disciples. He had 12 disciples and you say, oh no, only one of them betrayed them. Yeah, but the rest of them abandoned him. Right? They just said, hey, we're out, peace out. We can't take this anymore. We're scared for our own life. We're not sure we want to be all in with following you, Jesus. So they backed away and they knew they were heartbroken, but Jesus was betrayed. That was a burden that he carried on behalf of himself. Have you ever been in a place where you've been in a difficult position and you've actually found out who your friends really are? The second thing that he went through was false accusations. Now, this might not seem like a, a tough thing here in America, but, but there's false accusations abound, I think, all the time, right? So maybe it's an online thing. Maybe you get it face-to-face, -face, whatever it is. But he went through multiple false accusations of who he was. But the third one was he went through sham trials. Now, again, you might think, well, that doesn't really happen here in America. But let me tell you, my wife worked with human, uh, the anti-human trafficking group, IGM, for 10 years. And it was one of the biggest things they had to fight against was sham trials in third world countries. How horrific is it that trumped up charges come against you and you're accused of something and then they find you guilty. It's absolutely horrific. He went through the burden of three different sham trials in front of the Romans, in front of the priests, and in front of the, um, <coughs> sorry, in front of the king, Herod as well. And there was multiple ways that he actually went through a sham trial. But the next one he went through, he carried for us was no legal representation, which is absolutely horrific. You don't know how to fight the law. It takes someone to step in for you to actually fight the law for you or to fight the injustice of the law for you. He had no legal representation. He also went through quite horrific brutality. Now, maybe some of you actually watched the movie, The Passion of Christ, and it was, it was quite a, a, an amazing movie. But in the movie, they actually showed him being 
being whipped to death with this whip that's called the cat o' nine tails, but it has multiple strands that come off it. And on the end, they tie in either metal bits or glass shards or stone or bone in the end of it so that when it whips upon you, it actually grips into your skin and then rips the skin off your back or even off your front. He went through that. He went through quite a horrific brutality. And the last thing, of course, he went through was torture. To be nailed to a cross is absolutely horrific torture. But on the way, after he had been brutalized at the governor's mansion and at the, at the place where they had mocked him and spat on him and accused him and they took a crown of thorns and put it on his head, they made him carry his own crossbeam on his shoulders and they went from the governor's house all the way up to Golgotha. But you see, what they didn't do is they didn't take the direct route because that would be too short. So what they did is they circumnavigated the city of about 5,000 people and they went around the city and they went with a big board in front of him that said what his crime was. That's what they would do to anybody who was a criminal. And as they walked around the city, they wanted to show this as a deterrent to anybody else. If you commit this crime, this is what will happen to you. This is the punishment you will get. But on the way, it says that Jesus fell to the ground. Why? I can only imagine he fell to the ground because he had just been absolutely brutalized with this, uh, with this, this scourging upon his back. He probably hadn't been offered drinks. He probably hadn't been offered any type of food. So you can imagine he collapsed because he didn't have the energy to do this because the crossbeam was just too heavy. And this is where we're picking up the story in Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verse 21. It says, just one sentence, a certain man from Cyrene called Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country and they forced him to carry the cross. They didn't just tell the story of what happened, but they named him and they named his children. Now, who is this man? Well, we don't have a ton of information, but there are certain clues in the scripture of how his life was probably changed just by this one sentence here. The first word is that he's, they identify him as the man who came from Cyrene. What is Cyrene? Cyrene in modern day is actually uh, is Libya today. It's in North Africa. It's a place in, in North Africa where uh, there was many, there's many, there's a large G uh, Greek uh, community there. There was a large Jewish community, but Many theologians believe that this actually could have been a local Cyrenian who was actually then a black man himself. So this wasn't just a Jew, this wasn't just a Greek, but this was a Cyrenian who was actually here in town. Why would he have come into town? Well, as many Christians would maybe know, is that this was the time of Passover. That's why it's so significant that Jesus actually died during Passover. This is the remembrance of the story in the Old Testament when the Jews were released from the burdens of slavery under Egypt. And so they celebrated that every year. So many people would make the pilgrimage to come to Jerusalem to actually celebrate this. So there's a good chance that this man was here because he was on pilgrimage, but suddenly he was caught in this moment of having to be forced to carry a cross behind Jesus. And I love this phrase. It says this, he, he was passing by. Have you ever been in the position of just passing by? right? Just trying to mind your own business, but you're just passing by. I don't want anyone to bother me. I don't want things to come across me that will make me uncomfortable, whatever it is. Have you ever been passing by and you're just walking down the road and someone goes, hey, could you give me, spare me a dollar or could you spare me some change? Now maybe you're uncomfortable with that and go, I don't want to, I don't have any money, I'm sorry. And you're actually caught in maybe a nervous moment. You don't know how to answer this person. Uh, I don't have, a, well, I actually have $100 in my pocket, but I'm not giving you $100, right? You're not ready 
to pass by and to be asked of something in your life. You're literally caught off guard. You're caught off guard. Someone asks you for something and you're caught off guard. Maybe you're here this morning and you're caught, you're caught off guard because you were just passing by into the church. I just wanted to come for some worship and a really good word and send my kids to children's church and leave. I didn't expect to be asked to be giving for another year at Go Big. I'm just passing by, caught off guard. Recently, I was in a grocery store and I had some friends that were coming over for dinner. So I had to get to the grocery store and get all the stuff that I was going to be cooking because, because uh, I was going to you know, have a lovely time with them. And, uh, and here I am, I'm walking through the grocery store and there's one of my neighbors I don't really know very well. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And she said, not very well. I'm like, ah, what's up? What's happening? Can't be the pastor, right? And not be able to stop in a grocery store. Hey, what's up? What's going on? It's like, oh, my husband had a heart attack last night. And I'm like, nuts, inside of myself. I'm like, oh, nuts. Not because he had a heart attack, but because I'm gonna be delayed making dinner. That's what went through my head. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I put my car off to the side because I didn't want to look like I was trying to leave her. And I just said, okay, tell me more what's happening. How, is, how did that happen? She's like, well, you know, quite a few years ago, my, my first husband died of pneumonia. And of course, this is my second husband. I'm really worried because he's in the hospital and I don't know if they're going to be able to get the, the blockage out of his heart, etc. So she's telling me everything and she's in tears. I'm like, can I pray for you right now? So we just prayed and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked. And it was absolutely wonderful. And I suddenly went, I am going to be late getting home. But this is something we have to understand is that when you're in the position of passing by is when God asks something of you. It's not when you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm here right now. I've spent, I've, I've got my coffee. I've got my, 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 got my pad open. I'm ready to hear your words. What do you want me to do? It's not when you're ready that he's asking for stuff. It's when he's ready to have you say something to someone else. You have to be ready in season or out of season. Are you ready to be caught off guard? But here's the big phrase that really got me is this. And it says, as he's passing by on his way in from the country, minding his own business, and they forced him to carry the cross. Oh, they didn't ask him, hey, do you have some time? Hey, could you, could you do us a favor? We just need one hour of your time. We just need you to take the survey and we want to find out, would you be willing to carry this cross beam for this man who's a criminal? They didn't ask him. They forced him to do this. Why do they have the right to do that? Why do they have the right to force me against my will? All I'm trying to do is live my God-given rights or pursuit of my own happiness. That's what we've got in our constitution, right? But it's not in the constitution of Jesus Christ. The Roman rule in those days was that any soldier could ask any person to carry anything for one mile. That was the law in those days. Jesus already knew about that. In fact, a year before, when he was speaking to his disciples, he told them this. He said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. If someone needs you to pray for them in a store for one minute, turn it into five minutes, turn it into 10 minutes. If someone asks you for a dollar, give them five. Whatever it is, Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, this is what it takes. But why Simon? Why should Simon be the one to do it? Well, the Roman guard, a Roman, a Roman soldier is not going to ask some other Roman to do it, right? That would be, that'd be unthinkable. No, a criminal should actually carry this. Well, Simon wasn't a criminal, yeah, but he couldn't actually ask. The soldier couldn't ask a Jew. Why? Because it was Passover that weekend. It was Sabbath the next day. And he, he touches something that's unclean. He is unclean when he goes into the presence of God. 
So the Roman guard knew that he couldn't actually force this soldier to uh, force this, uh, any Jew to actually do this because imagine if he went against someone else's religion, the riot that could have been started in the city. So when he was looking around, he's looking around, there's a black man, let me pick him. Now, some of you might find that tense when you're actually hearing me say that because we know the history of black people being forced to carry burdens for other people for the last 400 years, Right? We know that horror that has happened in our country and we also know it still exists in the world today. But how can we actually correlate this as Christians that we would be forced to carry something else? And Jesus said, if you're forced to carry something else, go the extra mile. This man must have felt like you're only picking on me because of who I am, because of the color of my skin. You're only picking on me because I'm a foreigner. You're only picking on me because I'm a man. Or maybe God had called you to that position. Maybe God has put you in this position, but it's not fair. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to be generous? Why do I have to carry the burden? Why do I have to feel pain? Why do I have to take the long path run? Why me? And maybe you've asked that question recently. Why are you going through what it is that you're going through? It seems unfair that it's gone through, that you're going through what you're going through. But then you also have to ask the question, why has God allowed this to happen to me? Why has he allowed me to be the one who has to actually carry this burden? But without knowing it, I believe that Simon received several different things. The first one is this. Simon was the first to literally take up his cross and follow Christ. You might go, well, what about the disciples? Remember, they had abandoned him. He's the first one to literally take up the cross and follow Christ. What a privilege that was. In fact, Jesus had told his disciples earlier on, just, a, uh, just, uh, just about a year later, a year earlier, sorry, in Matthew 16, 24, it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and go have fun. Let him deny himself and go to church and feel good about himself. No, he said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Simon got to be the first one. The second thing he got to receive was this. He was the first to touch the sacrificed blood of Christ. And if you don't know who Jesus is and you don't know the significance of his blood, we believe his blood is the seed of the sacrifice that cleansed us from our sins, that freed us from the price that we should have paid, which is to have given our lives. That's why the precious blood of Christ is so important to Christians because when someone lays their life down for another, that's the greatest gift they could ever give. The third thing he got is that he may, and I emphasize may, he may have been the first to have been healed by the blood of Christ. You see, centuries before, a prophet had come along and said, I'm going to tell you what's gonna happen in the future. I believe that God has told me that there's gonna be a son sent by God who's gonna die in our place so that we might be saved. He will take on our transgressions. And then the last thing he said in Isaiah 53, and it says, and by his stripes, we are healed. Stripes literally mean cuts or blows that cut very deep. He's basically saying this, that by the whipping and the gashes and the brutality that Jesus went through, we would find actual physical, spiritual, emotional, relational healing. Quite possibly, Simon walked away from it going, I don't, I don't know what's happened to me, but I was really broken by what's happened in my past and I don't feel it anymore. I was injured by, by, by a fall when I was a child and I can walk properly. Can you imagine being the first one to touch the blood of Christ? How cool would that be? Now I'm describing a story right now 
It may seem like it's got no point other than these are interesting points to say. But I have a point of why I'm drilling down into the story of Simon because something really challenged me and struck me recently and it's this. I wonder if we have forgotten the burden of the cross. Have we forgotten the burden of the cross? No, Peter, I haven't forgotten that story. I've seen the passion of Christ. I know what it's all about. No, I'm talking about the burden of cross, of the cross, not just for Jesus, but the burden of the cross that we're meant to carry ourselves. Have we forgotten the burden of the cross? Why would I even suggest this? Because I wonder if we started living in such an automated world that we have forgotten what it is to carry burdens anymore. Right, I know, I know when I get up in the morning, all I have to do is to go over and press the button and I get coffee. Who's with me on that? That's a spiritual thing right there. I can press a button and I get coffee. Some of us, we know we can, we can actually take the burden on. Oh, I love my robot vacuum cleaner. Have anyone got a robot vacuum cleaner? You point at it, press a button and it goes and it does everything for you. My wife has called it Rosie for some reason from a TV show. And we have this vacuum cleaner that just cleans our house. How many of you got one of them? What about maybe you have a, an automatic dishwasher that washes your dishes? What about washing machines? What about my neighbor who actually has a robot? This is a dream, a robot lawnmower. I'll never have to ask my 16-year-old son to get out of bed and walk, cut the grass anymore. I'll just have a robot that says yes to me every time. But we live in such an automated world that I'm concerned have we automated our following of Christ too? Have we automated our following of Christ? That we've forgotten what it is to actually carry a burden. I can get up in the morning and I can see my Bible app has actually delivered scripture to me. It's already chosen it for me. I don't have to go search the scriptures anymore. It will even read it out to me if I chose it to actually speak to me. Some of us even have daily podcasts where we can find out the thoughts of Tim Keller and Joyce Myers, right? Some of us even have our giving already set up that it goes directly from the bank to the church and it's already done. You don't have to taste it. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to go anywhere near it. Some of us even get to choose not to come to church on Sunday. Why? Because you catch up with it during the week. I wonder if there's a chance that many of us in our Christianity have forgotten how to carry the burden of the cross upon our shoulders. When Jesus didn't call us to actually have a fun time. Yes, he said he'll give us life and life to the full, but he called us to carrying a burden. It's a cross. Crosses are not meant to be comfortable. They're not meant to be simple. They're not meant to be easy. There's a cross. But what about Jesus? We might have all these automated things. What about Jesus? Sometimes pain connects us to a greater purpose in our lives. That's why God is okay with you being in pain. But are you mulling over your own pain? Are you sorry for yourself of how difficult you have it? That's not the burden that Jesus had called you to carry. He's asked you to carry the burden of other people. Maybe instead of just saying, my prayers and thoughts go out to you when someone posts their burden online, maybe you should get up and go to them and speak with them. Spend some time with them, love them. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's discipling people. That's loving them and showing them what it is to actually walk with Christ. In Mark 15, verse 21, it says this, a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country and they forced him to carry his cross. Here's the biggest thing that I think Simon got from this experience. 
his children started following in his footsteps. History tells us his children started to follow in his footsteps. Now, why would they name his sons here? Because when Mark was actually reading to the Israel, was writing this scripture, this, this, this gospel to these Christians, he knew that they knew about Alexander and Rufus too. How cool is it when your children learn how to walk the same walk that God has called you to walk? My question is this, are your kids, your kids are watching what you are burdened by. What are you burdened by? Are you burdened by your bills? Are you burdened by the fact that you don't have enough money to build a church? Are you burdened by the fact that you can't make ends meet? Are you burdened by what's happening in the world? Are you burdened by the fact that politics doesn't seem to be going your way? Or are you burdened to prayer for your next door neighbor? Are you burdened to carry a cross to go and tell other people about Jesus because you've been told to disciple the nations? Because let me tell you, you might say that you are burdened by other people, but your kids are watching what you're doing and what you're talking about. We want to be a church of generations because if we don't get it right for our kids, then they're left to the wolves. They're left to the world to redefine what truth is for them. We don't just tell them what is right, we live it out ourselves. And Jesus said, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. Your kids are watching what you're burdened by. I was speaking to a pastor in Ukraine this week and you all know about the war that's going on, the horrific war of the Russians invading Ukraine illegally and horrifically. I was speaking to one of the pastors and I said, how are you doing? And he said, yeah, we're going through difficult times. And I said, what's the hardest thing? He said, you know what the hardest thing is? Seeing the way that Christians are reacting. And I said, how? And he said, well, God has called us to love the lost, the last and the lonely, right? And I said, yeah. He said, I know so many who have just escaped. They've run away. They've run for their own lives. And he said, hey, I don't blame them if they want to secure their their wives and their children to a safe place. I got no problem with that. And he said, but what are we telling the world about what Christianity is? That we run away from the most difficult situations. He said, but you know what's really encouraged me? He said, I have this man in my church who has been with us for years. And he's always asked God, what are you calling me to? And he said, you know, he's a really intelligent man. He's got three different degrees from three different universities and, and, and he's not really found what it is that God is calling him to do. And I've always just tried to encourage him, but he's never really found his, his place in this world. That man stayed. He stayed and he's decided it was gonna be his job that he's gonna feed the poor. He was gonna feed the old people that are there. He was gonna feed any children that were orphaned there. He said, just this week alone, he fed 150 people in his little tiny apartment. He's found his calling. And I'm like, dude, he's carried the burden and followed Christ. Can you imagine the celebration that will be for that man when he enters into the presence of Jesus and Jesus goes, I saw you pick up your cross beam. I saw you carry your cross and son, I am so proud of you. How many of you have automated your faith? You've gone into automatic role. COVID came along, shutdowns came along, upheaval in our culture came along and it made you shut down your faith too. Instead of rise to the occasion and say, here's my opportunity, let me run into the battle zone. Let me run into a position where I can be the hands and the feet of Christ in any situation. Let's stand this morning as we finish our teaching here. Father in heaven, 
I pray that every person here this morning is not going to walk out joyful and wonderful, but they will walk out burdened by you, burdened by the Spirit of God, that when they walk into grocery stores, they will be burdened to pray for someone else. They will be burdened for their neighbor. They'll be burdened for their country. They'll be burdened for the poor, the lost, the lonely, and the last in this world. They'll be burdened for other people and they'll be willing to carry this burden on, knowing fine well, this is God who's placing this on my shoulders. Right now, I want you just to take a second and ask God, what should I be burdened for? Give me a burden for someone in this church, for someone in my neighborhood, for someone in another country. Give me a burden, oh God, and help me to not just pass it by. Help me to say yes, oh God. We ask this in your precious son's name. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We love you guys. 